ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. (laughs) On this episode, we're going back. We're taking it back to November 12th. 2002 on that day Jay-Z would release his seventh studio album entitled The Blueprint The Gift and the Curse and we're here to celebrate and talk about it. we're going to break down the tracks talk about my thoughts on this album and I gotta say it's I say this all the time, but it is bugged out that it's been 20 years because it really doesn't feel like that. Um, 20 years of the blueprint to the gift and the curse. Uh, This album came out, as I mentioned, in 2002. Um, Hip hop was in a different space. Uh, Jay-Z was in a different space. Um, Right around this time, uh he was you know growing and developing as an artist and as a person i guess uh but rap was changing around us too rap you know had come a long way and been highly commercialized and it was about moving units at this point um we had come through his shiny suit era and jay-z at the time was one of the hottest recording artists period in any genre of music he was one of the best in rap but he was around you know some controversy and we'll talk about that in a little bit but you know he was going through some things personally as well because it was around this time that he was recording this album he started dating a young lady a young lady whom he would later marry in the name of Beyonce Carter well, she's Carter now, but Beyonce Knowles back then. Um, but yeah, this album, uh, Jay-Z took a lot of risk. Um, he lot of, he did a lot of different things on this album, and I'll touch on it in just a few. But um, this was going to be, you know, or at least we thought, a game changer for, for Jay-Z. For one, Jay-Z decided to make this album a double album. Now, if you're not familiar with the double albums, this is when, you know, you would literally take two CDs and you put them together and you'd have an album that would cover uh, and have as many tracks um, on both discs. And I think this album's runtime is like a minute, excuse me, an hour and 48 minutes. So it's almost a two hour album between both discs, disc one and disc two. Um but yeah, this this album came out. I remember when it came out, it was a lot of hype surrounding it. A lot of hype. And rightfully so. I mean, Jay-Z had just, you know, he was in a state of transition, I think, career-wise. But he was, you know, Jay-Z famously said, you know, he gave us, you know, these he what he what he would say? He would say that uh he held us down for six straight summers. Um, and so he was pumping out music consistently year after year after year and you gotta think at some point it's gonna slow down or he's gonna trip up 
And most people didn't think that that would happen until this album dropped. <laughs> uh, this album was released, as I mentioned, November 12, 2002. Uh, some of the singles that were released, uh, 03 Bonnie and Clyde, which was released October 10th, 2002. Uh, Hovey Baby, which was released November 12th, 2002. And Excuse Me, Miss, which was released February 4th, 2003. Now, Jay-Z, when you think about it, obviously, you're talking about a double album. It's going to be a longer album. Um, so you're going to have help, <laughs> if you will. Uh, he enlisted a, a who's who of producers for this album everybody from kanye to dr dre to heavy d just blaze the neptunes no id timbaland just to name a few um this album from what i remember got pretty good reviews uh it didn't blow people away but it, i think people found this album to be uh, what it was now jay-z fans love this album when it came out admittedly i am a huge jay-z fan as well um i think looking back on it now i think i really really like this album back then a lot more than i like it now um and i think you know if we're being honest you can kind of see why people gravitated toward the album then as opposed to how they may feel about it now. But like I said, Jay-Z was going through a lot. Um, you know, Rockefeller was still running, you know, running things. They were, they were rolling. The East was back, if you will. Uh, and this album found Jay-Z at a different time in his life. And again, he's getting into this relationship and a relationship that honestly many of us at the time didn't know much about uh the relationship that he had with beyonce at the time i think was pretty secretive i don't really know um i don't really know if a lot of people knew about it <laughs> at least not publicly um but nonetheless uh jay-z comes out and he's got this album it's a double album like i said fans are, are excited and you know it, it was just something that people were ready for and we thought that we were going to get Jay-Z's best effort. But we didn't. <laughs> so let's jump right into it, man. Um, my thoughts on this album. I think looking back on this album, I thought it was. I thought it was solid. Like, I think. The best thing I can the best way I can describe it, I would say that it was a case of the good, the bad and the ugly. There are many highs on this album. The hits, he's got some hits on here. He's got some bangers on here. And those are good. And I think the highs are really, really high. The bad part is, is that the lows are really, really low. And I think the ugly, he lost the battle. <laughs> He lost the battle, and there's a song in this album where he makes an a makes a futile attempt to 
swing at Nas when he clearly lost the battle. But I'll get into that once I break the songs down. But um, yeah, I mean, like, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm not a fan of double albums. Um, I don't think that I think that every, the thing about double albums is I think almost every artist that has dub, done a double album. When you break it down. It's been too much like you end up putting filler songs, you end up putting songs on the album that normally would not have made the album. And I think the blueprint to the gift and the curse is filled with a bunch of filler songs. I think if you strip this down and you, and you make this a trail uh, uh, tongue tied, if you make this a 12 track album, you've got one of one of Jay-Z's better, you know, better albums in his discography. But since you didn't do that, uh, this one, this one fell short. And I think even going back and listening to it, I, I don't know that. I know why he did it, I guess, but because that seemed to be the wave and Jay-Z's good at riding waves, or at least he makes an attempt to ride a lot of different waves. Um, but no, nah, this, this wasn't it, Playboy. This was not it at all. Um, so we get to the tracks. Um, the first track, A Dream. <sighs> Listen, I love this joint. He's having a conversation with Biggie in the song. And then we get to hear Biggie's verse of, um, what was it, Juicy. I love this joint, man. And Faith Evans on the hook, Biggie's uh, ex-wife on the hook. Come on, man. This song is incredible. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. This is a great way to start an album. And I'm loving it. Then we get to track two, Hobie Baby, produced by Just Blaze. Uh, a Dream was produced by Kanye West. Hobie Baby, I like that. I mean... He killed me when he said, right now I want you to get a drum or something. No, Ma, really. Get a drum or something. <laughs> um, Hobie Baby was good. Very high, very energetic joint. Um, track three, The Watcher 2, featuring Dr. Dre, The Truth Hurts, and the God MC Rakim Allah. I was so happy to hear Rakim rhyming with Jay-Z over a Dre track. Psh, come on, man. Love this joint. So in my mind at this point, he's like three for three. Track four, O3 Bonnie and Clyde featuring Beyonce. It's the radio joint. It's the lead single. Kanye produced it. I mean, you can't go wrong with this. You cannot go wrong with this. And by the time that this song comes out, you know, people are getting wind of this bubbling relationship publicly. Um, and, you know, obviously he sampled the uh, me and my girlfriend uh, sample from Tupac. So that that was a, a, you know, added another layer in and of itself. Um, and people loved it. Sample Prince. This was a joint. 
So, I mean, like, this thing is coming out smoking. Track five, Excuse Me, Miss, produced by the Neptunes. Another radio single, uh, radio-friendly joint, Pharrell on the hook. Come on, man. He had a video. The chick in the video is beautiful. I don't know who she is. She is stunning, even to this day. Before I jump out the window, what's your name? Excuse me, miss. What a joint, man. I mean, like, he's coming out. He is coming out of the gate, guns ablazing. Then it falls off. <laughs> the next track, track six, what they gonna do featuring Sean Paul, produced by Templin. Mm, wasn't really a fan of this joint. I mean, it was okay. But I'm like, you, you come out the gate, the first five, you you banging, and then it's like, it's like the air left the room. I mean, it, again, it's it's okay. It's just, and I mean, like, Timbaland does this little funky thing at the end of the song, like the last, I don't know, minute and a half, where he's just showing you at the end of the song, like his skills as a producer. I'm like, Bro, in the song. Like, I don't need to hear your beat machine. <laughs> and that's something that Timberland started doing at that particular time. And then not long after Kanye started doing it. And I thought it was terrible. But that's beside the point. Track seven. All around the world featuring Latoya Williams. Um mm, really wasn't feeling this either. Produced by No ID. <sighs> It, I get what they were trying to do, but it was kind of whack. <laughs> Track eight, Poppin' Tags featuring Big Boy from Outkast, Killer Mike, and Twista, produced by Kanye West. Love the production on this. Don't like this collaboration at all. I think Big Boy sounds fine. Killer Mike is okay. Twista's okay. It's just, you put Jay-Z on it, it's just, it's not not feeling it wasn't feeling it at all still even coming back coming back to it years later not feeling it i don't know necessarily if this if i put it like this if this is a single disc this album this song doesn't make the album um track nine fuck all night uh produced by the neptunes filler extraordinaire (laughs) this is not a good song at all um Track 10, The Bounce, featuring Kanye West, produced by Kanye and Timbaland. Okay, okay, we back. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. I am feeling it at this point. I was disappointed, you know, with those previous songs. Um, but he he got it back on track at this point. Track 11, which is the final track on disc one, I did it my way, uh, produced by Jay-Z and Big Big Chuck. Um, <laughs> this is god awful. <laughs> I get what he's trying to do on this song. He's trying to, you know, Frank Sinatra, like saying, "Hey, I came from nothing. I did this, did that. And I'm here, and I'm, I'm the man, and so forth and so on." But nah, bro, this ain't it. Another filler song. So then we get the tr- we get the disc two because the, the the disc one is called the gift and aptly disc two is called the curse so we get to the curse um track one diamond is forever uh produced by ron femster and big chuck 
Mm, it's okay. It's okay. Not not a bad lead off. Not not bad at all. Uh, track two, Guns and Roses, featuring Lenny Kravitz, produced by Heavy Bun Diddly 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 D. Man, listen. Some people don't like this joint. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. Um, he got a little rock in there. He's got Lenny Kravitz, again, produced by Heavy D. This is something where Jay-Z steps outside of the box, and I'm cool with that. I'm totally cool with that. Um, track three, You Don't Know, remix featuring M. O.P. The Mash Out Posse, produced by Justin Blaze. Man, listen, this is the smoker. <laughs> oh my gosh, just man, when this, I, just even going back listening to this, because I had to, you know, I always, anytime I'm doing these album reviews, I go back and listen to the listen to the songs. And the entire album in its entirety as I prepare myself for, you know, doing a podcast on it. Um, this is still my favorite joint on the album. <sighs> MOP? Come on, man. Come on. What are we talking about? This is it's still cold to this day. Um, track four, Meet the Parents. Uh, I love this joint. This is this is a very slept on track produced by Just Blaze. Um jay-z tell this is one of his best story rhymes i think jay-z doesn't have a lot of signature story rhymes but this is a very good one um and i think you know for those who oh man who who, who heard jay-z on you know the 444 album and they were like oh man jay-z's on his grown man he's 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 on his rapping shit he's rapping he did that on this song he actually rapped he put a story together that was a really really dope story so it wasn't so 444 wasn't the first time that he got deep but if you you know if you're a jay-z fan you know that um track five nice posse cut somehow some way featuring beanie siegel and scarface produced by just blaze as well i think scarface's verse got him scarface i love scarface on this joint i love beans and jays on this but um I love Scarface's verse on this, but um, another banger, another banger. Um, track six, some people hate, produced by Kanye West. This was the this was the production where Kanye was on the sped up drums, and you know he was he, this was Kanye Titter. I, I like the production on this, the rapping. Mm, it's okay, it's okay. It's not a skip. It's all, it's alright. <laughs> um track seven blueprint two produced by charlemagne now not charlemagne the god but henry henry charlemagne um this is the ugly again at this point in my opinion the battle between jay-z and nas was over nas won the battle this is jay-z's futile attempt to swing at Nas and it's almost like he's punching at the air like Cuba Gooden Jr. in um, in the movie Boys in the Hood I mean like Nas had already won and it's almost like Jay has this 
fading plea for people to understand and recognize that he won the battle but he didn't win the battle and at this point there are people still at this point that think jay-z won the battle against Nas. he did not get over yourselves hovengers <laughs> he didn't win um and i love jay and i love Nas, but jay didn't win come on man what are we talking about we're not talking about this but um no, the Blueprint 2, that song, it song wasn't good. It wasn't a good song at all. Um, track 8, Nigga Please, featuring Young Chris, produced by the Neptunes. I love the beat. I don't love this song. I love the beat. I don't love this song. This song is bad, but the beat is tight. Um, track 9, Too Many Hoes, produced by Timbaland, a throwaway. This song is not good. Again, solid production, but this song, this this ain't it, bro. It ain't it. Um, next one, track ten as one featuring Memphis Bleak, Beanie Siegel, Freeway, Young Guns, Petey Crack, Emilio Sparks, and Rel, produced by Just Blaze. Now I've I've talked to some people that thought that this song was a little bit corny because they used the uh um Earth Wind and Fire sample. Um I absolutely love this track. I love it. I think it's one of the best tracks on the album on on either disc. I love it though. I love it. Um track 11, A Ballad for the Fallen Soldier featuring Mark Dorsey and Pharrell Williams, produced by the Neptunes. Filler track is i mean he he's he has a story but at this point it kind of to me the songs are starting to sound the same at this point so it's like i'm literally looking at my uh cd changer you know back in the day like hey man wrap this shit up like this this is just taking too long um then we get to track 12 show you how to do this which is a bonus track produced by just blaze this is on the album it's a like i said it's a bonus track but it's a song that i heard before the album came out i this i'll show you how to do this was on a couple of it might have been on clue tape ron g i can't remember but i heard it on you know a couple of mixtapes so it's on the album i don't necessarily count it as being on the album um bitches and sisters was a bonus track produced by just blaze <laughs> not good whack <laughs> it wasn't that good um and then last track track 14 uh what they gonna do part two um produced by daryl branch it was okay i mean but but at this point i already checked out of the album if i'm being honest um yeah it's it's this was this could have been this album could have been a lot more than what it was I'll just put it like that. Like it, it just wasn't up to par. And I think the reason why it wasn't up to par was because he did a double album. If he does a single disc album and just uses just some of the ones that I named, bruh, again, you're talking about maybe, I don't know, maybe a top five album for Jay-Z, but he didn't. He went the, you know, the, 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 the money route to do the double album you know, because you get credit for two, two, what is it? At that time, 
if you bought a double album you get he would get two credit for two sales as opposed to one um and so i get why he did it i mean the numbers i think this album was triple platinum i think um so yeah i i get it it was successful commercially wise i guess but this wasn't a good album it really wasn't i mean relatively speaking it was just all right it was okay like it's not something that <laughs> if you had a party you like yo put that put that uh blueprint to the gift and the curse on no nah, nobody's doing that they'll play excuse me miss they'll definitely play that but nobody's playing this album and it's unfortunate because I think, you know, Jay-Z had A-list producers. You heard the producers that I named. All of the producers had multiple shots on this album. And it's almost like, damn, you had the Neptunes for two or three tracks. This is all you got. You know, you got Just Blaze who was like coming into his own. This is all you got. Like, it could have been much more. Um, Again, I don't think it's a bad album. It's not a good album either. So... You guys know what's next. I always rank these albums or rate them uh, when I break them down. So if we're going by the sources, mics, how many mics would you give this album? <sighs> I would probably give this album three mics. And that's three mics on the fact of, on the strength of that they, the highs are really, really high. But the lows, ooh-wee. <laughs> the lows are low. The lows are bad. And that's why I said it. it's like the good, bad, and the ugly. You know, that Blueprint 2 diss track was terrible and unnecessary. And, you know, Jay-Z, it, it was a bump in the road for him. I think, you know, he thinks very highly of this album. Some of his fans think very highly, highly of this album. I don't. I think it's okay. You know, it, it's got its moments. It's got its songs. Um, but if we're being honest, which some of you Hovengers don't tend to be, <laughs> I think this was probably a glimpse as to what Jay-Z was going to become. And so if you say, okay, well, hey, lyrically, he started falling off. We could probably look back to this album and start pointing at some songs to where he... There was starting to be some chinks in the armor, if you will. But nonetheless, you know, again, it's a solid album. I implore you like I do on each each of these album reviews. Go back and take a listen. You know, tell me if you think I'm wrong. I'm not, but, <laughs> but uh, go back and take a listen anyway. I'm sure you'll be able to get something out of this album. And there it is. November 12th, 2002. 20 years ago the blueprint to the gift and the curse from jay-z that's gonna do it for me ladies and gentlemen thank you for checking out this edition of the 12 kyle podcast i'm your boy 12 kyle i'll catch you guys next time Five thousand.